0: I want to say this morning, it's, it's been a privilege to be here 35 years. Uh, I told Brother Jimmy this morning, it's good to see you. Good to be seen. <laughs> At my age, good to be seen anywhere. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Let's give the Lord a good praise. Amen. I used to ask the question, or at one time I asked the question, where are the young preachers? And uh, I was sitting here this morning thinking God provides young men to carry the gospel. And I'm glad when Pastor Scott came here, he was just born again, not long, and. Uh, When he would talk, you couldn't hear him. You'd say, eh? (laughs) Could you say that a little louder, please? And to see what God's done in your life, Pastor, I'm just grateful. And I want to tell you, I think you're doing a great job. Amen. (laughs) People, People are different. Uh, Pastor Scott's style of ministry and my style are totally different. Uh, I'm what you call a topical preacher. I get a topic and I preach about that thought. But he's what you call an expository preacher. He takes a, a passage of scripture and he goes line by line and word by word. And I tell you what, that kind of preaching builds people and it builds churches. And so, uh, I, I, I'm looking forward to much growth, amen, that uh, God's going to do great things. I was thinking about the people who were here when I came 35 years ago. I have so many memories when I pledged to God that I would pastor this church for as long as he said or as long as I lived. I was right there, of course this was all different back then, this was just a wooden structure, no carpet on the floor, no carpet uh, anywhere, it just was totally half finished. But I was kneeling right there, I had a full beard, I had a lot of hair, (laughs) I had on a white Mexican wedding shirt, one of those, you know, the kind of shirts. I don't know what you would how to describe it better than that. And I was kneeling right there, and I said to God, God, I'll be here for as long as you want me. Either you take me uh, out, and they'll take me out feet first in a wooden box, or you tell me to move, and I'll move. So here 35 years later, I'm still here. And uh, they didn't come with a wooden box yet. But it's okay, I'm ready. I told the doctor a while back, he, he said, uh, you need to go on a CPAP machine. And I said, I don't think so. What's my alternative? He said, one night you'll just go to sleep, and not wake up. I said, well, can you put that in writing? <laughs> I'll take that tonight. He didn't laugh. <laughs> no sense of humor, those doctors. But I was thinking about the Broussards and the Guidrys and the Lafars, the different families that was here when I came 35 years ago. Uh, Johnny, Diane, how many of you were here when uh, 35 years ago? Can I see your hands? Man, look at Brother brother Harris, Sister Doris. Look at you, Sandy. Hallelujah, Ricky. A lot of them going on to glory. They're waiting on us. They're cheering us on. And I thank God for you, Pastor Scott. I thank God for Brother Jerry. You know, can I say, Jerry, that I remember when he was about that tall, Running around at the church down the bayou. What was it called back then? LeFoucheville Gospel, way down the bayou. Little bitty fella. Well, he never been little bitty. <laughs> and here he is doing the work of the Lord and so many others. That are, and I'm just grateful. Amen? Yeah. And I'm grateful for what God's doing. And I know this church and this ministry is in good hands. God is doing the work and God's men are taking care of the business. Amen. Let's give the Lord one more good hand clap. And I want to say to you, thank you. All of you, every one of you, whether you're new or whether you've been here for ever since the church started. You know, (laughs) Brother Lindsay met me outside the dining hall at LaFusville Gospel. He had just started the prayer meetings. They had not even built a building yet. And he said, Brother Allen, you need to come and pastor this church. I said, No way, Brother Lindsay. I'm a redneck from Alabama. And Brother Eno told me, he said, if a, a Cajun ever calls you a Texian, <laughs> he said, you better duck because you fix to get busted. <laughs> I said I would be busted right away. But God had other plans. Amen. And so I thank God for letting me come and for being here 35 years. And I don't have any plans to go right away uh so if god takes me it'll be good if god tells me to go i'll go but i just thank god for all that we've had can you take your bible and turn with you just a few minutes i'm not gonna uh preach long you know i'm not a long-winded preacher i expected a little re- rebuttal on that you know a few weeks ago um In my sleep, God began to speak to me, and God began to talk to me about ministry. What is ministry? How does ministry occur? The definition of the word ministry is to see a need and meet it, to see a need and meet it, whatever that need is. If there's a piece of paper on the floor and you bend over and pick it up, you've just done a ministry. Does that make sense? If you see a person hurting and you say to them, God bless you, or offer to have prayer with them, or tell them, you look so good. You know, anything you do to improve the circumstances of the place where you are becomes ministry. The lives you touch become changed because you have touched them with the unction of the Holy Ghost. I can't describe to you how important it is that we realize the value of the anointing that's on our lives. I've often told you that uh, the word unction in the book of John uh, speaks of an anointing or a smearing on of like putting oil or some type of, of um, uh, balsam what it's not uh, i can't think of what it is but it, uh, like a like a salve that we uh, we rub on and uh, you have oil in your body your body uh, is comprised of all kind of different chemical elements but one of them is all you have oil in your hands oil on your fingers and when you touch somebody or you touch something, you leave a residue of the oil that's in your body on whatever you touch. I have to hold on the pulpit. <laughs> I can't do it standing up anymore. <laughs> But when you touch something, you leave a residue of the oil that's in your system on it. By the same token, spiritually speaking, when you touch someone or you touch something, you leave a residue of the spirit. You leave a residue of the spirit that is within you on whatever you touch. There's something about that Holy Ghost. <laughs> that wherever you go and whatever you do, he's with you and whoever you touch, you leave part of him there. <laughs> And so I was thinking about that the other night, and I was thinking how it is that God in His presence, by His Spirit, touches lives through each of us. We don't know the impact that our lives have on people that we touch. You know, our lives change. There are points of demarcation in our lives where we have fresh starts. I've had things happen in my life that gave me a fresh start. I told you when I promised the Lord right here that I'd be here until he said otherwise, I was sitting at uh, Jeanette's daughter Joy's house. And uh, we were talking, and I was just here. I had just come to be the pastor. And Joy said to me, Brother Allen, we need to know that you're not going to leave us. A- And I said, Beg your pardon? She said, As a church, we need to know that you're going to be here. You're not going to be here for six months, a year, and you're going to be gone. We need to know. And that day, something changed in my heart. That (laughs) That day, my life changed. And my confession changed. I began to say, from this day forward, I'm the pastor of this church until God says otherwise, and I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> well, that changed my life for this church, and I've never thought of it different. It wasn't you people. It was us, right? It, it was this. You're not uh, Cajuns, and I'm a hillbilly. So we, what am I now? i got mud between my toes. Still can't eat crawfish. But I want to. <laughs> I went last night and they ate some crabs and shrimp and all that. I enjoyed it. I ate my little potato and my little piece of sausage. <laughs> when we think about what God's doing through this church, with this calm spirit that we felt in this house this morning, I think about what God' work is, or what His business is, and that is that He's in the business of changing lives. He's in the business of saving souls. He makes everything where He goes a better place. I heard a story one time of a, old man that loved to fish because I don't like fishing. That's a joke for those of you who don't know me. (laughs) I only fish on days that end in Y. This old man was fishing and he was well known for being a good fisherman. And he was sitting on the side of a bank Creek bank or whatever, and he was fishing. And this young man came over to him, and he said, "Man, you're a good fisherman." The old man said, "Oh, you know." And uh, so the boy said, uh, "Would you would you teach me how to fish?" And the old man reached up and grabbed him, stuck his head under the water. He was fighting and flailing and clawing and scratching. And uh, he finally got up, he looked at the old man, he was coughing, he said, what do you do that for? He said, well, you told me you wanted to learn to fish. That was your first fishing lesson. (laughs) He said, what do you mean? (laughs) He said, when you want to fish as bad as you wanted to breathe, you'll make it. The old man asked him, "Said, what was you thinking about when you was under that water?" And the boy said, "I wasn't thinking about nothing but getting up out of that water and getting a breath of air." He said, "That's it. When you focus on one thing, you're going to make it." And that's what I want to talk about this morning: the power of a made-up mind. What does it mean to have a made-up mind? Well. There's a lot of places in the Bible where it talks about points of demarcation in people's lives when their lives change because their thought processes change, right? Paul said in Philippians chapter four and verse uh, chapter three and verse ten. I don't do they have that one in the Amplified Version? You got that? Look. You notice the first few words there? For my determined purpose is. Everybody say that with me. My determined purpose is. What does that mean? That means I've got to made up my mind. I've made up my mind. I'm going to do this. You know, it works with everything. When you decide you want to do something and you mean with all your heart that you're going to do it, you will get it done. Amen. Amen? You'll get it done. I was at a basketball game one time when the men of the community was playing the varsity football, uh, basketball team of the school. And uh, I tell you what, those young boys was walking on those old men. <laughs> but then the coach Took the ball from under the hoop, under the hoop, and come dribbling around the corner, and I turned to Evelyn and I said, He's gonna make a basket. He'll make two points. She he dribbled down the, the court and laid it up for two points. And she said, how did you know he was gonna do that? I said, When he turned the corner. I saw the look in his eye. And I saw the set of his jaw and I could tell he was going all the way. Uh (laughs) Don't you know that people know when you mean to go all the way? Don't you know they can see it in your eye, they can see it in the set of your jaw? That you're committed for the long haul. You know, I've married 500 couples in my life, in my ministry. Over 500 couples. Some of them go into it, well, styrofoam mentality. You know what that is, styrofoam mentality? disposable. If it don't work, I'll get another one. I married a couple in a barn, in a milking barn. And for an altar, they had bales of hay. And for pews, they had bales of hay. Everything was done farm style. That was a unique wedding. And here comes that groom with a pair of bib overalls on. She's got on her wedding dress with her long train. He comes down with his bib overalls on. They still live in that same town. Only difference is it's him and her and six more now. I asked him about it one day. I said, Joe, what do you think when you think back on that day? He said, I meant to go all the way then, and I still mean it now. (laughs) I baptized him in a bathtub. It was so cold, all the water outside was frozen. We was in Alaska. I said, what are we going to do? He said, I got a big old clawfoot bathtub. Will that work? I want to go all the way, Brother Scott. I want to... I want to I wanna keep telling people about Jesus, and I want to keep touching people with the love of God. Sometimes you don't have to say anything, all you got to do is be there. When Brother Leo's mother was dying, I went to the hospital and I would standing over there against the wall, not saying anything, I was not her pastor. I was Bill Leo's pastor, and I was just standing over there against the wall, and I heard some of the family say, what's he doing here? This is a private family moment. What's he doing here? And just before she passed away, I was able to say a little prayer. You know, it changed the lives of that family just because I was there. You're going to meet somebody today that needs the touch of God in their lives, and it'll come from the tips of your finger. Or it'll come from the words of your mouth. It'll come from the very presence that you bring Jesus into that atmosphere. (laughs) You know why Walmart does so good down here? Because I shop there. You do too. And we bring the presence of the Holy Ghost into that place. I'm so glad. I was 16 years old when I preached my first sermon. I was born in 1942. So that means I preached my first sermon in 1958. I was scared to death. They asked me to preach. I wanted to preach. I was excited about preaching, but scared absolutely to death. I got up on the platform. I told my pastor, I said, Pastor, this may be a popcorn sermon. He said, what is that, a popcorn sermon? I said, I may pop up, turn white, and fall down. (laughs) He said, don't worry about it, Harold. If you fall down, I'll take over. (laughs) He's 90 years old now, still preaching. I popped up, and God took over. I closed my eyes. When I opened my eyes, the altar's full of people, and I, I didn't know what had happened. I said, what happened? He said, The Holy Ghost took over, said people started coming to the altar. And I said, Well, I was only up there five minutes. He said, Hell, you was up there 45 minutes. (laughs) But it changed my life. That's 61 years ago. And that change is still there. What do you want? You want better education? If you want a better home, how many of you, I'm no raise in. I almost made a big boo boo. If you want a better marriage, <laughs> make up your mind. Amen. I got the queen. I don't need anything better. Amen. And I want to tell you, I love you. I love all of you. The grace of God blesses us to make choices. And I choose. Everybody say that with me. Say, I choose. choose. Say it again. I choose. choose. Say it again. I choose. choose. Amen. Have a made-up mind. Don't let the devil rob you of what God has for you, whatever it is. If you're a mechanic, make up your mind to be the best mechanic you can. Whatever you are, choose to go after it with all your heart. Think about that little boy with his head under the water. I can just picture that. With his head under the water... And that old man holding his head under the my daddy would do that. You'd have to know my daddy. <laughs> he would hold your head under the water. When I wanted to learn to swim, he said, you want to learn to swim? I think I was about six years old. He said, you want to learn to swim, boy? I said, yes, sir. He threw me out of the boat in the Coosa River outside of Birmingham, Alabama, and I had to swim or drown. <laughs> I can see that little boy with his head under the water. And he's fighting for all he's worth. And the old man said, what was you thinking about? He said, I was just thinking about getting out of that water, getting another breath of air. So what are you thinking about serving God today? Are you thinking about knowing God with all your heart? Paul said, my determined purpose is... That I may know him. I want to know him. Could we stand together this morning? I I appreciate Pastor Scott letting me do this. Uh, I can't think of a better way to celebrate my anniversary today than to spend it with you. And I I wouldn't trade a year of my life for an eternity because my life's been good and God's been good to me. And I want to tell you that God's desire is to bless you. We've had changes in our life. We've had things that happen, loved ones that die, things that happen. But you know what? It don't alter God, and don't alter the course of our life. So I want to leave you this morning with a blessing. Is that okay, Pastor? Would you stretch your hand right out toward me? In the name of Jesus, I bless you with the promises of God, which are yea and amen. The Holy Spirit make you healthy and strong in body, in mind, in spirit. To move in faith and to live in expectancy. May God's angels be with you to protect you and keep you. Be blessed with supernatural strength to turn your eyes from foolish and worthless and evil things. Instead, may you behold the beauty of the things of God. The things that God has planned for you. As you obey his word. My prayer is that God bless you. And keep you. And make his face to shine upon you. And be gracious to you. And that the Lord lift you up. Into his presence. All the days of your life. I bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I want to tell you, all right, let's praise the Lord. I want to tell you that the atmosphere that we felt in this church this morning is not felt in every church. The presence of God is real in this house. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Amen. Oh, Pastor, you got something else you want to say?